Tracing the trend. Tracing the trend. Tracing the trend. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Tracing the Trend, our second in the second series with me, Stefan Harvey, and my co-host, Rebecca Miller. Hello and welcome to another episode where we dive into some of the biggest trends shaping China today, be they niche or mainstream. Today we want to focus on a notion of community among Chinese living in London and further afield in the UK. And we're going to look at how they nurture these communities through a very exciting common interest. So we've both been living back in the UK for a few years now. But um, when you were living out in China, how did you develop a sense of community, be it with Chinese or international friends? So for me, Stefan, it was really about looking at my interests. I personally have a love of theatre, so I joined a local group where I could actually be in plays and make friends with people who had similar interests, both Chinese and international. How about yourself? I also got involved with some theatre whilst I was there. I was studying at Shanghai Theatre Academy, so it only made sense. And I also joined a rugby team, which was a bit less of a cultural immersion, but a home from home nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. I'd be really interested to understand how some Chinese people, particularly students living here in the UK, aim to find that kind of sense of belonging and make friends um, beyond their course mates. Well, that's perfect because today we have joining us two key members of the Chinese language interest group, Sci-Fi in London. Chinese science fiction is hugely popular both domestically and is increasingly gaining traction on the global stage. One book Westerners might have heard of is The Three-Body Problem by Liu Cixin, which was published in Chinese in 2008 and translated into English in 2014. It's received critical acclaim from Barack Obama, Mark Zuckerberg and the Game of Thrones author George R. R. Martin. And there's also currently a TV adaptation being filmed between China and the UK, which is set to air on Netflix. And I'm sure just one book hardly scratches the surface of what's available in this genre in China. So today we have Sci-Fi in London founder Guang Zhao and another key member Scarlett to share with us their interests and what makes their group so crucial to their enjoyment of life in the UK. Thanks so much for joining us guys, really happy to have you here. Hi everyone, glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Stefan. Thank you very much for having me today. Guangzhou and Scarlett, can you first tell us about what you guys do within Sci-Fi in London? Yeah, actually, uh, it's just a reading group for interest. I think that was first established in 2018 by me and my friend. She's called Angela Chen. And actually, our original plan for this reading group is just a reading group. We hold one session for a month. And before the COVID lockdown, it used to be offline. So it just gave us, a, we can't say it's a platform, but certainly some places where people are interested in science fiction, especially Chinese science fiction, to have a room, have a space to talk about some famous stories or some very new stories that is being made available in English. But after the COVID situation, so it's really, really hard to have the offline sessions back again. So we just move everything online and the frequency is, is the same. So it's one author or one story for one month. But the virtuality made it possible to invite the authors themselves to join the discussion with us. Because when we have the program offline, 
it's very difficult to have the author to be with us personally. This is so far away, the China and the UK. But in the online situation, so we can invite them and to talk about the story for themselves and to answer questions and to interact with all the participants. And so we found that is very helpful for me and for the group. I guess it's the same. Obviously, sci-fi is huge in China now, and people without even an interest in China would probably know that. I'd really like to understand, from the perspective of you both, how this trend started to emerge. Chinese science fiction has a long story, but the science fiction as we call it today,、uh, the first one, basically emerged in the beginning of the 20th century, and so it's not that long back. Uh, the history of that is interrupted because we got lots of movements going on, and also the history was interrupted by the wars and also by lots of political movement throughout this kind of the twentieth century. But the very recent one actually emerged around nineteen ninety, so it's basically a very contemporary phenomenon. And people like just you mentioned, Liu Cixin is one of the representative people who got very influential in science fiction, and also others like、uh, Han Song. Like、uh, Chen Qiufan, Chen Qiufan writing the Waste Tide, which is a very important example of eco-critical narrative and、uh, talking about the e-waste. And also, there are lots of others. So we have people writing novels. We have people writing short stories. If you look into science fiction, the Chinese science fiction especially, there are a lot more short stories available in English than novels, and there are reasons for that because we got relatively less novels translated into English, and also there are kind of a commercial cooperation between Clark's World. Clark's World is very important、uh, publishing platform for science fiction available in both in the U.S. and the U.K. I think there's a science fiction agency in China is keeping very close cooperation with them. And to publish translated stories and to introduce these stories to English-speaking readers, I think that is a really important movement that we're having now. And also, if from academic perspective, and science fiction has been really popular for literary studies, for science fiction studies, because China is, especially in the in the past twenty years or thirty years, the development, the economic development, and also other kind of developments really fast. And science fiction has been used. As a kind of a window to see what is going on in China,、uh, I think that's one of the other reasons why science fiction, as a particular form of popular culture, has been so influential even outside the China. Amazing. So, why do you think the group as a society gained traction once you started holding these reading groups? What was it that brought people back and kept people together and communicating?、Uh, for me myself, why I was running this group. A very important part of it is the yeah I like science fiction and also I really like to meet people or meet the like-minded people who can share my interests not only in, in Chinese science fiction but science fiction in general. And the other very important part of reason is I have a PhD to do with the Chinese science fiction,、mm-hmm. and it can also contribute to my own PhD project. So it's from very personal perspective from that. But I think that kind of interaction goes very well because I think there are lots of people throughout the past few years, and there are lots of people coming to that group, and there are lots of people who become very frequent participant. Some of the participant before have later published their own science fiction stories, 
So they become from a participant to a guest. That is a, a, one of the very interesting thing I've been seeing all these years. So that's for my part, but I, I, I'm sure the scholars have something otherwise、yeah. than my scholarly obsession, right? <laughs> yeah. So how about you, Scarlett? I would say for me, three years ago, I wasn't even sci-fi reader. I went to uni in Sheffield, and after graduation, I came to London with a friend. I love getting involved into different cultures. I'm so fascinated that living in London, and there are so many things going on. If you're walking into a random classroom in Bloomsbury, which I mean, like UCL or so as, and there's a prestigious academic conversation, you can just sit and enjoy. And that was how I got into this reading group. Over the years, with Guan Zhao and other members, I have got more and more into sci-fi stuff and learned loads of things. And also, I should say, like Guan Zhao's own charisma is definitely one of the most important reasons to gather people. And since it's like a monthly reading group, he chooses like short stories to make sure people could be able to read it beforehand. And there's never any pressure for participants to say something. You can just sit there and listen to what they say, and that's mostly what I do. And I just enjoy that so much. You are so kind, Scarlett. I don't even know I got some kind of a personal charisma. <laughs> you definitely because, like, do you remember there was once in that small group doing the WeChat writing stuff, and there were so many people saying, "Oh, I was doing something else with someone else," but then I got involved this group, and I just stayed because of you. I will, I just take it as kind of a compliment. <laughs> I I wouldn't、oh, take it for is, granted. Okay, sure. <laughs> it very much sounds like a compliment to me. It would be great to hear about, you know, how you got the group started, how you built it up.、Uh, I started my、uh, PhD in London. That was back in September 2018, and when I just came to London, I went to a an event about Chinese science fiction held at the South Bank in London, and that is the very first artistic or literary event I have attended. So in that event, because 2018 is still a good old time when people can travel. That event, I think they invited two very famous writers called Chen Qiufan and Xia Jia. Xia Jia is the other one. I would like to recommend if you are interested in Chinese sci-fi. So they came to London and they hold a talk there. So that is the first time I really met a science fiction writer personally. So before that, I don't really know people who are writing science fiction. That was the first time I saw them. I met a another person during that event, and that person is called Angela Chen. And Angela, she's in English, but she speaks Cantonese, and she's been very interested in climate fictions and science fiction as well. And she's been a bit more dynamic back then than me. She kept contact with the two writers, and back then she was sitting just next to me, so we get each other's contact. A few months later, she came to me asking whether. You are interested in set up a kind of a Chinese sci-fi reading group in London, and I said, "Yeah, why not?" So that is how everything started, and we we met for coffee, I think, in March 2019, talking about the name of our、uh, reading group. We call it very straightforwardly; it's called London Chinese Science Fiction Reading Group, and we talk about the frequency of holding that reading groups, and we we talk about what kind of stories were chosen. Now we like to choose. 
for the first few events. The first one was held in April 2019, and we find a room somewhere at UCL. It's a very small room, and we share the news with our friends and some other platforms where people can see this kind of information. And I think Scarlet was among the first group, all the way back to the、uh, the very very first one. That is the place I met you, I guess, right? Yeah, I think I only missed like one session. How did you come to us? How did you find the news about our、uh, event at the very first? There was another girl. She was doing PhD about, I think, Buddhism or something. So as, and she posted that on WeChat, and I saw it, and then I just went because I just wanted to join a reading group. In terms of your WeChat, I know obviously Scarlett, you said it was another individual posting about it, but I'm aware that you have a really strong presence on WeChat. Is that something that you've made a commitment to do? You've made a plan because it seems, you know, very organised. In fact, a lot better than some brands that come to us, to be honest. So I'd be interested to hear how that kind of came about. I think over the years, Guangzhou just makes. It's really well organized, and before he might be doing everything on his own, and now he just has more helpers. He just like allocates those tasks for us. For for instance, for me, I would do like every sessions. I would be allocated for a ten minutes transcribing and translation for one of the articles on WeChat platform. Oh yeah, and and yesterday I got to host the first session. Oh wow! So your involvement continues to increase over time. Yeah, I feel like I I'm happy that I'm just being trained to do different things, and I feel better like doing more transcriptions and and translations, and I just feel like I learn more things, and I feel so thrilled doing that. That's great. Have there been any particularly Exciting sessions or events that you guys have held that you'd like to mention in particular. One of the events I can think of was back in the summer of 2019. During that summer, there's very important convention of science fiction happening in Dublin, and that means a lot of the Chinese writers they were going to that convention as well. And London, in that case, is a very important place for fly transfer. And some of them have decided to spend a few days in London, and that gave us a chance to invite、uh, some of them to give talk to us、uh, personally for the very first time. Because before that, we have held like a few offline reading groups, which is really good and really dynamic. But that's basically people talking among ourselves, but without the authors talking for him or herself. We invited Chen Qiufan,、uh, the author of *Waste the Tide*. So that is the one I mentioned as one of the most influential novels in recent years. And Chen Qiufan、uh, gave us a very exciting lecture, talking about why he was writing an eco-critical novel or e-waste novel in the first place. And he shared with us his personal experience traveling to that kind of places of ecological degradation. The places where people living with the waste, the people living with the pollutions and toxic environment, and that one was really successful. And we also had a transcription of that lecture and published in a journal called Vector. And Vector is the academic journal of British Science Fiction Association. We call it BSFA. So that's really interesting. And that is how I met、uh, Chen Qiufan himself as well. And we had a lunch together even. So how can we imagine that? So that is one of the best memories about this group. 
for me, I would say also there were like twice. I think after the meeting, we went to have dinner together after two years something to my friend's restaurant nearby, and we finally got to know more about each other rather than only books. That was nice to know each other too. Tracing the trend. What impact do you think having this group had on your overall experience of being a student in the UK? Well, this group is certainly very significant to me. Not only because I established it, but also when I established, I met a lot of interesting people, and they in turn have helped me a lot. Not only about about my studies, PhD stuff, but also about people's life in London, and especially a Chinese student. Spending a lot of time far away from home, and this is really, really good to have a community with us. And also, Scarlett mentioned that that restaurant she recommended. I'm really grateful for that. That is one of the best <laughs> restaurants I have ever <laughs> had in London, and very local as well. And that is, I guess, this Xi'an cuisine. So it's the northwestern part of China, about noodles and about buns as well. Because that restaurant and also、uh, Scarlett and a few others we visited there, that gives us a sense of belonging, a sense of community. So that sense of community is not only about the literature we were reading, it's not only about science fiction, but also the personal connections that we can have through reading something that we are all interested in. But that kind of relation, that kind of connection, is what I feel very important to myself back in London. Yeah. Mm. And how about you, Scarlett? Oh, I just thought of something really interesting. Like once Guandra mentioned a bit in the article, saying it's been two years, and we even set up some pairs. And then he said, "No, we actually didn't. <laughs> no, nothing happened." Oh, did you mean set up some couples? Oh、uh, yes. Oh okay. <laughs> But no. <laughs> But it didn't happen. Oh well. Or they did for a while, but it wasn't successful. Yeah, it, what it ended what quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that is the thing. Because mostly we are girls, and there are not many guys in the groups. That's really interesting. Why do you think the gender is skewed in that way? Why do you think there's more females involved? Is it just more females tended to to kind of know each other and then bring friends along, or would you say that's a trend within science fiction overall? I'd be interested to know. That is a question I like to know as well, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the fact is that there are lots of uh, uh, you know the the female students coming to us, and what I think of the reason of that is that because、um, girls likes reading group a bit more than guys, I would say. But I, I'm not sure if that's right because this group is Chinese reading group, so there are lots of Chinese students over there. Especially in literature and in humanities, there are a lot more female students than the male students, I guess. So probably that's a reason, but I, I'm not sure. So that is a very good question. I like to know for myself. <laughs> well, if you find the answer one day, you know where we、yeah. are. Scarlett, do you have any insights as to why maybe there's more women in the community? I think we like words better. I feel like more involved when I'm reading because that requires your full attention. But however, when you're doing like watching a film or something, you can do something else and just make it as a background. Are we more focused? <laughs> Possibly. Well, it's it's really interesting because I think what Guangzhou said about 
humanities and literature often being more popular amongst women. Um, I can definitely understand that, but I think certainly in the West, there is a stereotype that people interested in science fiction are generally male. So from a Western perspective, it's great to see a society that has more women in it because that kind of contradicts that stereotype. And I think we see that in a lot of stuff in China quite a lot of the time where if you're coming from a Western perspective, you might be surprised by how many women are present in certain spaces. I know particularly there's a higher proportion of women CEOs in Chinese businesses compared to the UK or the US. And also cultures like um, gym culture and exercise seems to be slightly less skewed towards men than it is in the West. Although there's definitely been a growth of participation from women in the West in the age of social media as well. But that's great to hear. Can I follow up with that point, Stefan? Sure. About female writers and female fans in Chinese science fiction recently. And mm-hmm. I have to say that among the new generation of science fiction writers in China, and by that new generation, I mean people born after 1980s or 1985, in this new generation, there are a lot of very excellent female writers of science fiction. And if you look at the guests we have invited throughout the past years, and I think over the 70% of the, of the authors, they are, they are women and they can write wonderful science fiction stories. I can understand the, the, the some kind of a male dominated stereotype about science fiction. And we do have that kind of a stereotype in China as well, that science fiction is basically for boys. No matter how old are you, you are boys reading science fiction. But I have to say, among this new generation, so not only boys, but also there are lots of female readers and female writers, and they have been a very important and indispensable part of science fiction communities in China. So that is, I guess, something new in this field, I guess. Amazing. Well, um, I'd certainly like some recommendations of some of the more exciting female sci-fi writers out there in China, and I can have a look at some of their stories then. Yeah, sure. Uh, one of the names I have to mention is Xia Jia. Okay. Xia Jia. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Xia Jia, and she has uh, a, a personal anthology published last year called The Summer Beyond Your Rich. And that is in cooperation with Clark's World. And others, uh, very important ones, I guess, is uh, Regina Kan Yu Wang. Regina Kan Yu Wang, she is doing a PhD in, in University of Oslo in Norway. And she's been writing fantastic stories as well. And she also edited a lot of books. And I think earlier this year in March, there's a very important anthology composed by female and queer writers in China. So that is, it's a quite long name. I think it's Spring. Scarlett, can you remember that? The Way Spring Arrives and Other Stories. Exactly. So the, the way spring arrives and other stories and the, and all of the writers are female and queer. So if you are interested in reading some of these kinds of stories, that is the book I think you have to have a look at. The go-to. Great. And that's an anthology in English, sorry. Yes, it is in English. Great. Cool. Well, maybe I'll uh, get the English and Chinese and try and get through both. One thing, Scarlett, I'd be really interested to understand is how you feel female characters are presented within a lot of the modern sci-fi that you're reading. I think the reason women perhaps in the West have previously felt sci-fi isn't for them or why it's been a mainly male-dominated space is because the female characters aren't necessarily that well-developed. They don't 
necessarily own the stories. They're just kind of very one-dimensional characters in it. And, and I'd love to hear from your perspective how you feel the female characters are in some of the stories you've been reading recently. I feel like the Chinese female sci-fi writers, they tend to write like a genre called like a soft sci-fi compared to hard sci-fi where loads of like spaceship or those things. So I think for those ones, I just feel the beauty from Asian female-oriented mind. They're still doing their, like for instance, being a mother or helping to save the world, but in a nicer way. And <laughs> it's not in a nice way, it's in a more feminine way. There's like loads of, they describe a lot about the background, the colors, the waves of the water. They make you feel a sense of beauty. Like we care about the world in a more caring way. And I think there are like loads of writers that tend to use the Chineseness. For instance, they adapt to those Chinese myths, ancient Chinese myths. They also they inspired by those books, for instance, like Shanghai Zhong, to use those characters. Oh, okay. So from sort of naturalist myths. Great. It's called the classic of mountains and sea in English, by the way, for listeners out there. Great. Well, that's all been so fascinating, guys. I suppose we're interested in what you guys think the future of your community and organization is going to look like. What have you got plans in the medium or long-term future? Well, I've been thinking about that for myself too, because the founder of this group is uh, uh, me, myself, and also Angela Chen. But Angela just stepped away since March or since April, I guess. So right now, I've got a lot of more friends to run this group, and uh, and Scarlett is one of them. And we can hold on to the online sessions because in that way, we can invite the writers and authors to join the discussions with all the participants. But I was thinking about to resume some kind of offline gathering, but I, I haven't thought about it very clearly because uh, right now I'm not in London anymore. And Scarlett, I think she's in London and she's the only one. She's the only one of us uh, who runs the group, and she's the only one in, in London. Actually, London. Yeah, actually, London. Although we call it London Science Fiction Reading Group, uh, we only have one member as, uh, located in London. That's a shame. But that, that gives a difficulty of resuming our offline discussion, because in that way, Scarlett got lots of things to do, for example, branding and to send out the news and to find the venue, right? So we can pursue it, but for myself, I can't be so sure how we can do this, but we can, we can hold the conversation going on to where if we can have an idea, so we can have our offline sessions back to us too. Thanks so much for your honesty and giving us really great insights and all of your thoughts that you have on some really interesting questions. And thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Rebecca, and thank you, Stefan. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. So, Stefan, what do you think of that? I thought it was so great listening to the stuff that they share within Sci-Fi in London and what they enjoy as a group and a community. And I also think a lot of the stuff in Sci-Fi in China deals with a lot of the issues that they're facing in contemporary China, but also across the world. Absolutely. I think for me, what really stuck out was 
the way they've cultivated a community based on this, what is a relatively niche interest. And they found friends who have similar interests, but friends that they'll have for many years to come. Another thing that really struck me was the really clever way in which they've used technology. Yep, as we mentioned, they've got this fantastically managed WeChat account and that can keep people up to date across borders. So it really tightens that sense of community even in this post-pandemic age where people are not necessarily in the same country at the same time and might struggle to see each other face to face on a more regular basis. And they also have their online sessions as well, which keeps everyone in the loop too. Yeah, a really great example of people building networks and communities both on and offline. I think for me on a personal level, what I really enjoyed was the way in which the female characters were portrayed and the the use of kind of classical literature and the way that was influencing modern day sci-fi as well. But on that note, I think it's time for us to go. So thank you very much for listening to today's episode. We look forward to seeing you in our next episode. And thank you for listening. I've been Rebecca Miller. And I've been Stefan Harvey. Tracing the trend. Tracing the trend. Tracing the trend. Tracing the trend.